Welcome to the Faith Debate on News Radio 930 WFMD. Online at WFMD.com. Uh, all around the world, actually. And we're drawing guests now from all around the world. I'm going to turn up my headphones just a little bit. And if you need me to turn yours up, let me know. We, we're, we're expanding the show. Been doing the show since 2004. And for the first time ever, the guests on the show have headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Troy Skinner, host of the Faith Debate here on News Radio 930 WFMD, and joined this week by Daniel Rasby, a name and a voice that um, you are familiar with over the last couple of years. And we're joined this week by Elijah Dirksen. He is a seminary student at Whitfield Theological Seminary in Florida, but he's he apparently owns a private jet because he, I think, lives in the middle of the country in Iowa. And now here he is in Maryland. Why, so why did you tell him about my jet? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't or, or maybe what happened is our headphones came as a package deal. We now have one of those Star Trek transporter devices, and we're beaming you around the planet. That could be what's going on. Anyway, so uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're taking a break from uh, a lengthy series. We've been going through uh, theological statements put out by... Uh, important people in the American church over the last, like, 50 years or so, try to clarify some things to help everybody to understand how we should approach the Scriptures, how we should try to tackle difficult issues. And here now we're going to take a break from that to try to tackle a difficult issue. I don't know if you pay attention to these things on social media or not, or, you know, people, the bomb throwing is taking place on Twitter and Facebook and Gab and MeWe and what other ones are out there? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> whatever they are, I'm on most of them, but I can't remember what they all are right now. <laughs> Um, but Christian nationalism has become a big buzzword. You hear that even in, in political circles, not just in uh, theological circles, in church circles. But we want to get there in a logical progression. So something that's really foundational to understanding uh, how we define our terms as related to Christian nationalism comes down to what we mean by, here's a fun word, theonomy. Have you ever heard the word theonomy before? You know, a lot of people who... Theocracy, maybe. Yeah, well, but they're different, right? They're so different. We, so we want to clarify that. So, uh, theo, God, uh, nami, the, the root word there, nomos, law. So it's about, you know, uh, God, uh, God somehow is the law, or you're leaning on God for the law. That's what the root words mean. So it seems simple enough. Okay, there we go. Why are we doing a show defining theonomy? Because if you talk to somebody who says they're a theonomist, and then you talk to somebody else half hour later who says they're a theonomist, they don't mean the same thing by it all the time. And it's very confusing, and it causes a lot of heartburn within the church because you have people yelling at each other, and they're talking past each other because they're not defining their terms. So we want to carefully define that. And so I'm not sure the best way to try to do this. We could do it as a compare and contrast with theocracy or whatever, but maybe a good place to start. And if you're comfortable, Elijah, you're new, but you know you seem like you're comfortable already. You settled right into that chair, put those headphones on like a pro. <laughs> um, first of all, would you define? Would you describe yourself? Would you label yourself a theonomist? Let's start there. Absolutely. Okay. I, I would. I, I understand. There's a lot of baggage that would come along with. You're that, gonna have a chance to define what you mean, but I just want to see yes. where you're. So you're coming at this positive. And I and Daniel and I've talked before. I think off the air. I'm not sure it was on yes. the air, but I know Daniel says I would. I'm a theonomist. Yes. yes. And you know what? I'm comfortable if somebody wants to call me a theonomist, too. Uh, but my very next thing, somebody say, are you a theonomist? I'll say, well, I'm going to say yes, but what do you mean by it? Because I might end up saying no, depending on how you're going to define right. it. Mm -hmm. so, words are just words without definitions. Yeah, no word in— What is a woman? 
Yeah. <laughs> no word, literally, there's not a single word that has any meaning outside of a surrounding context. That right. Words truly derive their meaning from their context. So we need to put some meat on the bone, on the skeletal thing that we've got here. So, Elijah, what would you say is your view of theonomy that you're embracing? So my, my understanding is that God gave us his word. God gave us this Bible right here. Just the that Bi- one? Specifically, <laughs> he held, for the listener, he just Among held, up, others. He held up a Bible and said, this one. Just, <laughs> that specific one. So he, he gave us a, a book of rules, a book of laws that is applicable to all areas of life, all occupations, all situations. Second Timothy says that scripture, all of scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproach, for training in righteousness. And I, I think that is something that it extends to everything. We, we can find rules that apply to all areas of life in the Bible. And that includes uh, your job, your, your role as a husband, as a father, uh, unless you're a girl, in which case you probably don't have that role. Um, <laughs> Uh, your role as a pastor. Makes me and- nervous that you hedged on that and said probably, <laughs> but that's a different show. <laughs> and this is probably where it gets controversial. I think it applies to your role in government. If you are a a person in authority in a a place where you rule over other people and make laws and make decisions, you need to be doing that based upon the rules given to you by God. Now, there's more that can be said. I'm not saying that was not a good and full answer, but there's a whole lot that could be said. And part of it could be uh, what could be said is somebody who says, yeah, that's kind of how I feel, but I feel differently. And this, So I'm wondering, Daniel, do you have anything that you would add or subtract from that, for that matter that says, yeah, I, I'm a theonist too, but I think about it this way instead or in addition? I would say the ideal form of government that I support would be one that has all of its laws and judicial system based on the Bible. And by the Bible, I mean all of the Bible, all 66 books, not just the New Testament. Uh, And the judicial system should be uh, the laws, the punishments for crimes, criminal justice systems particularly, should be uh, meted out by the civil government in a way that is consistent with the Old Testament and New Testament. Now, we're all going to start, this is going to be good because we're all starting with a, a relatively common platform, but when we get into nitty-gritty, we might have some separation we'll have to see. I'm not, I'm not anticipating, I don't know what to anticipate. I just know if, if you grab three random Christians off the street and, <laughs> and, and then start talking about this. You'll get four opinions. You're gonna, yeah, at least, <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or none that are, co- are, are cogent, right? Uh, so, there, so there's that. Um, I would say in, in the simplest terms, not to try to... Um, uh, get too wordy with it because everything's been said so far is good. I would say, in the simplest terms, Christians should uh, receive the Bible as authoritative, as you mentioned. And it's not just authoritative, but sufficient. It is fully sufficient. It is mm-hmm. the rule and guide for our faith. So, what we believe, what we know to be true, because God has revealed, you know, how we're to worship Him and how we're to understand who He is and who we are in relationship. So, the faith part, and, and most people kind of get that. But it's also the rule and guide, fully sufficiently so, for our life practice, what we are to do. And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. in all areas of life. So, yeah, my job, my family, uh, our government, 
this radio show, mm-hmm. everything it, that we do, God's word speaks into all of it. It is full now, and this is about you know the Protestant Reformation, the Sola Scriptura, but also uh, Tota Scriptura, right? The, the you mentioned that Daniel, the all right. of the Bible. So it, it's mm-hmm. the, the Bible alone is what is fully sufficient as the as the rule and guide for our faith and life practice, and all of Scripture, not just cherry picking or whatever. So I think we're all on the same page to start. And it looks like you're itching to say something, Elijah. Well, I, I would just add that not all of the Bible is equally applicable to every single person. The the rules for being a father wouldn't necessarily apply to my wife or because the rules, she's not a father because she's not a father but they would apply to her as she should understand what fathers do and, and that's that's and, where and, we need to meet out what what does this actually look like because we can't say everything is equally applicable we have to determine applicable to who and if we're in that category follow those laws but that that's where the discussion with theonomy comes now some in. people that would call themselves a theonomist what they mean by that is i want to pick up the book of Deuteronomy or Leviticus, and I want to uh, drop it on top of America and make that our constitution kind of a thing. Amen. And so, okay, so there's one there. And I'm, I'm not there. I'm more in the camp of, I, well, before I show my hand, where are you, uh, Elijah? Because uh, I'll save myself for last because uh, you're the visitor. You, you can I, go first. I would consider the, the rules of Deuteronomy. I, I want to be careful how I say this because I, I, I want to be clear in my my understanding of it. There were certain rules like the the parapet at the top of your your thing that do, don't necessarily apply to modern culture, but the general... That's the a general fancy idea word for a, for a fence on top of your roof so nobody yeah. would fall off. The, the general idea <laughs> of if you do something with your property that hurts someone else, you need to be responsible. Right. And that's definitely a biblical um, prospect, e- even though... So you wouldn't the, support a government regulation that all pointy, pointy roofs should have... I, I, I don't think Deuteronomy should be reprinted as our Constitution, but the, the concepts and even the, the majority of the laws should be as a part of our rules for daily life and our rules for how we govern. Yeah, so there's a difference. It seems like Elijah and I might, might be more closely aligned. So I say we take all of Scripture, not just... Deuteronomy or Leviticus or whatever, we take right, all of Scripture, right, yes. and, and we apply it in principle to the context within which we find ourselves. But it sounds like, Daniel, you're, you're advocating maybe some, for something a little bit more... Literal? Literal, yeah, I get more exacting. A little more exacting. People might get the wrong impression, right? They might think, oh, well, you said all of the laws in the Old Testament should be mandated by the go- civil government. You can't, and people say, you can't legislate morality. Well, actually, um, that's what laws are to legislate what morality, right? You can't force people to have a correct heart. So that doesn't mean that you need to kill everybody who looks with lust. You kill the adulterer, right? Even though looking with lust would be adultery. I know there's been a big controversy with Dennis Prager and Jordan Peterson and, and, uh, about this uh, topic recently. But the, the idea is not that you would make a law because there, there is no command in Scripture to, for capital punishment for looking with lust, even though it is said it's a sin. So not everything that is a sin is something that is punished by the civil government. And, and another good example would be the dietary law. So let's say, let, let's pretend that we would agree that eating pork is wrong, and I know we don't all agree on that, but if, if we were to agree that, that still wouldn't mean that the government needs to force people to never eat pork because there's no pro, no uh, prescription in the Old Testament that says 
kill the person who eats pork or uh, find them or kick them out of the uh, the country or whatever. There's there are things that it says here's the prescription for if this crime is committed, and a lot of things are okay. Well, you're just um, unclean, and we, we should we should uh, the society there should be some you know uh, shunning that happens, but it's not a punishment by the civil government. The legal texts, if you will, in the, the Pentateuch uh, are, in my view, are like a hybrid blend of civil code, capital punishments, uh, ceremonial rules, um, you know, practical living guides. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of mixed together there. Some of it is, is seems to me to be very uh, uh, directly addressing uh, religious practice as opposed to you know everyday life kinds of things, and so when right. you say you would take you know those parts of the Old Testament and just drop them down, I mean, you were a little playful, I get that, right. but dropping it down, saying that's our constitution. How how are you navigating? I'm trying to track with your your uh, your thinking on this. How are you navigating towards saying uh, that the government wouldn't mandate the the, the government what we now call the kosher laws the government needs to mandate and and uh punish crime that's the role of government is to have very few laws that and the ones that are ac- actually uh listed in the old testament with punishments listed so things like murder and 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 lar- larceny you know theft and and adultery and rape and and things like that that those all have and if you do this then you should have a trial and you should have two witnesses and then uh, they punish them by doing X, Y, and Z. Well, that's, and there's restitution given for certain things. Then there's a whole bunch of other things that says to be a a godly person, you should do X, Y, and Z, but it doesn't give a, like, a a, a stick with that. You know, that's... What Daniel just said over the last 60 seconds, is is that different than what you were trying to say earlier, Elijah? Uh, what, just what, just the last specific? just the last sixty seconds, where he's he's now arguing a more narrow argument about you know the crime and punishment aspect. I don't think because I'm not I'm not thinking I would agree. I'm in principle I wouldn't disagree with him. I'm wondering if in principle you would disagree with him. I would say, well, I, we're first of all coming from a different point of view on the ceremonial laws. I think um, I would say that those are no longer applicable, but the remaining laws are. But he's saying as far as the government instituting the rules and regs yeah. that he's not advocating I'm saying for whether that, they're right? applicable or not, I, it's not the government's place to enforce those. I would say the ceremonial laws, even in Old Testament times, weren't enforced by the civil government. They were right. enforced by the, the Levites. You couldn't go into the tabernacle if you were unclean. Correct. And in that way, we can't enforce them anymore. There is no temple. There's no tabernacle. There's no yeah. Levites. So there's – yeah, so there's – this is what makes this sort of discussion so difficult because you can start to go off on all these different threads. And that's why I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out where we kind of are and we can try to figure out how to keep it narrow. We can have other conversations down the road, but I want to keep it narrow. So it sounds like Daniel, who was the hardest core in his first response about his theonomy position, um, is now nuancing it a bit to say, right. okay, I said that maybe for a fact, who knows. Um, <laughs> but I'm not saying that the United States should institute government-mandated ceremonial religious laws. I'm not saying that. Is that am, I, am I being accurate? Depending on your definition of ceremonial religious laws. See, that's, that's a little bit where we differ because I don't make a distinction in the Old Testament between the, quote, moral law, ceremonial law, uh, whatever. Uh, I do make a distinction. I see where the government, the civil government, has a place and a role to play in the Old Testament 
end in the New Testament, and there are things that the civil government is supposed to do. That's a separate issue for me than talking to a Christian about, okay, what things should you do that God commanded people do, and does those, do those commands still apply to you? What's an example of something that people would disagree about whether or not it's a, a civil law or a ceremonial law or rule or whatever? Because you're saying it, you're not so sure you would make the, that kind of distinction. There are some things maybe that would fit into both, like, is what I'm hearing. So is, I can't think of – I mean, well, I'm blasphemy, sure there are ones, blasphemy, but I'm not thinking one. <clears throat> blasphemy would be a good example. So there's right, a, so yeah, there's, there's a, a command, punishment for that. There's a command to uh, execute somebody who commits blasphemy. Okay, let's use that as a practical example then. And so if somebody it's interesting. blasphemes God, they should be uh, suffer the death penalty. The government in the United States should enforce that. What's interesting is blasphemy was punishable by death in most of the United States for the first several decades of our existence. After the Constitution was enforced. Okay, and that may or may not have been a biblical decision by those states, right? So that's what I'm trying to get to here, but that's a practical so example. how is blasphemy uh, an example of a ceremonial law? Because in my mind, it's, it's out and out moral. We know exactly—everyone instinctively knows that we shouldn't blaspheme God because we know that God is, according to Romans 1. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't call it a ceremonial law necessarily, but it is more on the religious side. Um, There can be laws that govern morality within the religious side, like idolatry, um, which is where I I would go. I I wouldn't say a government can regulate what you worship, but it can regulate and say, hey, you have this idol. That's against the law. Get it out of here. Like right. like the kings did throughout Israel. Okay, so you're so so that are you trying to articulate what you think Daniel's position, or are you are you articulating your position? This is my position. Okay, and I would agree so, with that. All right, so I'm probably the lightest theonomist in the room then, because I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I we're, wouldn't go there. We're not regulating and saying by law you must become a Christian. We're saying you can't do these actions of worship in our country because it's against. We're God's kind of connecting law. to the Ten Commandments basically at this yes. point, right? Sure, uh, but the Ten Commandments uh, include things that don't have civil government punishments. So one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and mother. And while there is a prescription is, for if it, it if does there actually is, have one, if there is a prescription for an adult son that is a drunkard and and so on that the parents are bringing before the judge and asking for something to be done about him, but there's they're not like the the government doesn't go around and and say hey you kids listen to your parents you know they don't. There's no prescription for how that should be done. So there's a lot of things, even in the Ten Commandments, covetousness. You should not covet. How are you going to enforce that? You're not going to punish somebody because that's a heart crime. So the things that have the heart are not the civil government's place to uh, But the things that we can see that then they would execute, you know, uh, well, plan orders there. They would implement uh, capital punishment uh, for— To me, a law that's being violated needs to have the heart and the action to go with it. The the challenge, though, this is where my pushback will come, and I'll be curious to hear what you guys' response to this is. Those sorts of uh, detailed laws uh, that are spelled out more explicitly and it tells you exactly what the punishments and all that sort of be are rooted in, initially, the foundational document of the Ten Commandments, the Ten Words, right? Everything is kind of an unpacking of that in detail. Mm -hmm. Well, what's the prologue to the Ten Commandments? Love the Lord your God. No, no, not the first. What's the first commandment? What's the prologue? That, you know, in I am uh, the uh, Lord your God. And who's he talking to? See, that's the humanity. That's, he's not though. His people. What is what is Exodus? He's talking to his people. He's talking to his people. And and specifically, right? It's very specific. I, the God who who who, who rescued you out of Egypt. 
Right. Free from the bonds of slavery. He's talking to them. He's talking no, specifically to, to his people. His chosen people. And right now, his chosen people is the church. Right? So if we take America and treat it like it's the chosen people, I'd be willing to bet money that there's less than 3% of America that are actually following Jesus. So, so. The thing about it is God treats these Gentile nations who have never heard his law as if they knew what his law was. He punishes Assyria, Babylon, all these places that don't actually have his law. And it's like, hey, you've been treating your, your subjects badly. You've been murdering people. You've been having all, the, all sorts of sexual sins within these, con- these countries. But w- where did they get that? If the Ten Commandments was strictly to Israel— and it wasn't something that was already instinctively known by those people. How is he punishing them? And, and God, God brings judgment on them, and he brings judgment today, I believe. Yes. I think we're living right. through it right now, actually. So, so God does that, but that's different than what our civil code should be. It's not, Why? It's, he, so I think this is—we might need to take a little bit of a rabbit trail here to clarify— uh, I find the, uh, the, the ancient Israelite nation-state to be unique in history. Do you agree? Depends on what you mean by unique. Completely, utterly unique. No other nation before, during, or after their existence is, is, uh, is a fair comparable. It's, it's not a fair corollary. Well, they still exist. Yes, and we're in this room. No, the church has not replaced Israel. No, we've been grafted into it. So we're part of Israel. Correct. Correct. And so they. My next door neighbor is not. Right. And I can say that because I've, I haven't. He doesn't go to church. He, he wouldn't claim to be a Christian. But he's an American. Right. That's what I'm saying. We 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 can't conflate. We can't conflate ancient Israel with modern day, present day America. They're not the same. But why would we create the differentiation? Because God said so. Where, where did he say Israel is going to have these, and these nobody, moral laws, but no one else will have these moral Because God said, I, your God, who rescued you out of Egypt from the bondage of slavery, am your God. You shall have no other gods before me. It's a religious commitment. It's a covenant with his people. His people. Not his, not, he didn't make that kind of covenant with the Babylonians or so, the Egyptians for that matter. So where does the morality of the other countries come from? How no, do, everybody, so the moral questions, everybody deserves death. Our sin deserves, right? We should be killed. But we now know in the New Testament era, in the church era, that death penalty took place about 2,000 years ago on a cross. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, there's, the, there's the answer to that. I get very nervous because the, the path I'm concerned about, we might have to talk about this in the, uh, uh, in the next show because we only got like two minutes. And the thing that has me nervous, and this will be the cliffhanger, if we're not careful, people that are advocating too strongly for uh, what I think is a, a slightly over-the-top uh, theomonic uh, outlook, we're going to end up with a theocracy or some sort of a sacralistic or sacralistic, however you want to depend, uh, define, um, uh, uh, utter that word. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pronounce. Goodness gracious. Pronounce that word. <laughs> and that never goes well. 
If you if you're a student of church history, that never ends well. And I'm I'm concerned that that's what people are advocating for, and it's not a healthy or helpful thing. But I'm gonna have to have, selfishly got to steal the last word because I got like you know less than a minute, and I I forgot to start the the music. Here we go. Let me get this back on track. And are we close enough? I don't know. I'll have to fade out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Daniel Rasby, uh, Elijah uh, Dirksen, thank you. Uh, Daniel, I didn't mention this at the beginning. Daniel Rasby is uh, one of the pastors at a church in Thurmont, uh, that, uh, the church that meets at Imran's house, and they have a ministry that's called... Uh, um, boy, my, my brain is going blank Conquered now. by Love. Thank you. Conqueredbylove.org is their website. Conqueredbylove.org. I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ, online at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Elijah Dirksen is a seminary uh, student at Whitfield Theological Seminary, so he doesn't have a, a website yet, I don't think. No, right? Okay. Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you should visit the, the website for this radio station, right? WFMD.com. Uh, there you can find the podcast from previous shows and all that sort of stuff. Until next week, 167 and a half hours from right about now. God bless.